even though I'm up to lithium on the Nevermind album, I'm just going to change it around a little bit and talk about the live version at the 1992 MTV Video Music Awards. This is when Nirvana and the Seattle movement was a about reaching their peak, they were very, very popular. The you know, for uh, for that year had a had a lot of rock acts as well. And I remember just they were shown in September, and it was usually before the first day of school. So every time, even now with the Video Music Awards, it just reminds me of the first day of school coming up because it was so close to that. So I always kind of get a little just school anxiety, I guess, or a little depressed because I hated going to school. But it was a big deal back in 1992. Uh, we all watched it, we meaning me and, and all of my friends, and it was just something to talk about the next day. And it, there weren't, there were more options, of course, than there was in the 80s as far as TV goes. But it was still, there wasn't the internet around, and uh, there wasn't any DVR. We had VCR, so we can tape it. But um, it wasn't the same as watching it happen, and again, just talking about it the next day. Um, and again, there wasn't there wasn't any internet, so you couldn't follow your favorite band uh, on Twitter or on Facebook and see everything they do every day. You had to wait for moments like this to see what was going on, as well as seeing them in concerts or when a magazine came out. Like we, my friends and I, would go to the newsstands and try to get the latest issue of. Any metal magazine or any music magazine that had articles about the bands we like, because that was the only way for us to get information. And then, if God, if if a newspaper article came out, it was oh my God, there's a newspaper article in Newsday about, and I would just just devour those because there now it just seems to be almost too much stuff out there. It's almost it's almost too easy to find out information about your latest band. You can just go find a documentary about. It. Anyway, I digress. Um, they started the performance with "Rate Me," like maybe one or two lyrics from it. Uh, obviously, the song must have been partially written but before uh, In Utero was out, so that was cool. That's a nice little trivia looking back on it. Um, and I remember watching this thinking, is that really Kurt Cobain? He didn't look like the Kurt Cobain I was used to seeing. Again, I was used to seeing him in magazines. I was used to seeing music videos, and his hair was longer. He had, like, this goofy bowl haircut and like he didn't look like himself higher uh maybe it was the sound at the video music awards but it it didn't have that lower register that i was used to hearing um when i listened to the album um and also i remember watching Grohl on drums during this song and this is a skinnier version of of uh the Grohl we're used to Grohl is by no means a fat guy but he's a lot bulkier than he was back then he was skinny and he said on um on Nirvana's Town Hall on Sirius, on Sirius XM, he said that he and Kurt were so skinny that they used to drink, uh, he still is, but back then he was just wailing away and his head was banging, which makes me wonder if there's going to be any brain damage for anybody who has had So I just think that, I just wonder if the guys in Metallica, the guys in Slayer, or myself for that reason, just headbanging at concerts and headbanging with friends and by myself, if there's going to be any long lasting brain damage, maybe I have it already. I don't know. So, uh, and I remember, uh, watching Novoselic when he played, he was kind of like this tall, gorky, like he was in the last day of his, days of his long hair. Cause he was losing his hair, but he was almost like this, 
this uh, this tall stoner like character just grooving, and it was like almost like this philosopher kind of character to him. And I remember watching the um, the audience at the VMAs, and it and again it makes me wonder if most or some of these people in the audience were even that into Nirvana because. Uh, in my early acting days, I was audience members for certain things, and we were always told by producers, okay, I want to see hands up, make like you're interested, always have your hands up and your band, and I, so it makes me wonder if the reaction to some of the audience, audiences today, if that's a genuine reaction, because they may not even know the song, they may not even know the band, that's the instructions are given for having such a good spot, so when I see audiences at any kind of award show, it makes me wonder if they're really that into the band or they're just going through the mode. Um, and then uh, during the performance, there was no bass solo, the which makes me wonder if they cut the song short for time, which I don't think they did. I think it was just Cobain came in too early and they just kind of and they just kind of went with it. Uh, and then lyric wise, Cobain said, I'm a turd. I think instead of I'm not sure, whatever the lyric is, I don't even know the lyrics. I haven't looked at it because I'm very unprepared. And then there was one part of the song where he said, uh, I think it was supposed to be, I'm so excited. And he said, I'm so retarded. And then he just scattered the rest of the lyrics because I was lost his place. So it was more like, I'm so retarded. And, uh, which when I'm going to digress, but when Metallica was recently on Howard Stern, they performed one. And during the, uh, headfield forgot said blah, 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 because he kind of lost his place. So it goes to show you that's the excitement of, um, of a live performance. And speaking of Hetfield, there, uh, watching this again, it's what, what Nirvana was, was, and especially Cobain, it was, he was the anti-rock star. They, they didn't look like the rock stars I was used to seeing. I must have seen Song Remains the Same a billion times, the Led Zeppelin movie. And you had Robert Plant with the long flowing hair and the way too tight jeans and the open shirted vest and Jimmy Page in this wizard outfit and, and Bonham a hulking presence and John Paul Jones in some weird outfit. While Nirvana were in their street clothes, and especially Cobain, at during this performance, he was wearing like a... A, a, like a, almost like a pajama top, like a button-down pajama top and ripped-up jeans. He looked like this sensitive guy that you would see at a coffee shop. And meanwhile, he was full of such rage and anger and just and, and the energy of, of his performance was just unbelievable, but he didn't look the part. He wasn't this hulking James Hetfield, this intimidating Kerry King. Um, it, he or, or even a smaller Mick Jagger strutting around. It just he didn't look like something something I was used to. So towards the end, I think was my favorite part because one Novoselic threw his bass up in the air, and if that's a heavy instrument, he throws it way up in the air. It comes down, he goes to catch it, and it hits him in the head, and you can tell he's dazed, and he just kind of stumbles off the stage, and then. While that's going on, uh, Cobain's 
in in the middle of trashing the stage. Same thing. Same thing with Grohl. Grohl goes down to the microphone and starts saying, "Hi, Axel. Hi, Axel." Meaning Axel Rose. Say, "Oh, I want to say hi to Axel. Hi, Axel." Like totally fucking with him. And I don't think. I mean, I don't know if they. I doubt they planned this out. It seemed like it was spontaneous. But if you want to do the symbolism to this, it seemed like this was almost like a. Um, uh, Grohl telling Axel Rolls and Guns N' Roses, there are new sheriffs in town. Your days of being a pretentious rock star, they're over. We're the new ones. And even though Guns N' Roses were still very, very big at the time, it seemed to me like uh, like a passing of the torch uh, against the will of Guns N' Roses and especially Axel Rolls, because Axel Rose, because Nirvana seemed to be the opposite of what everything Axl Rose was about. If you look in the Metallica documentary, A Year and a Half in the Life of Metallica, it just shows how against Metallica was, uh, at least for Axl, reading his writer, making fun of him, the the just the, the way Axl was late all the time and, and, and causing people to go home late and sometimes not even continuing with the show. Meanwhile, the audience paid their hard-earned money for it. So um, it was almost like a uh, just uh, a, a taking over for the uh, for these sensitive underdogs. That's uh, that is that is a part of us all. So I'll be back soon with um, with the album version of Lithium, and hopefully uh, by then I will have a guest with me so I can bounce my uh, my manic thoughts off someone else. And you are now listening to the 2018 mic. So uh, the 2014 mic didn't have um, too many links to plug or didn't probably didn't even think of leaving any kind of plug. So the 2018 mic is making up for the 2014 mic's mistake and will now say the plugs. So um, you can find me... On Twitter, I'm at Mike Lane Act. That's M I K E L A N E A C T. You can find me on Facebook at Mike Lane Actor. You can email me at Mike Lane Act at yahoo.com. And please comment and share on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, anywhere where you hear this podcast. Uh, it makes a difference. And uh, I'll really appreciate it. So um, until the next time, everyone, uh, hopefully I will release another podcast very, very soon. That's actually from 2018. Not that there's anything wrong with anything I did in 2014, but. Hey, listen, I want to keep this current as well as looking at the past. Isn't that life? I guess. Sure. All right. Later.